0: Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Casthaven. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Gulia. Nate, how's it going? Pretty good.
1: Tomorrow's kind of the kickoff for holidays over here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I just got done my last day of work for the year, so I'm looking forward to uh, some relaxation, a little traveling, a little family time, maybe some uh, Mario Kart.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) My... uh... My aunt's coming in tomorrow. My dad and my brother are coming in on Saturday and then it's Christmas and then everyone goes home and then that's it. Yeah. It's going to be a whirlwind.
0: Yeah. Uh, you get up to anything, uh, this week.
1: I played a couple times, but you went to Grand Prix, New Jersey. So why don't we start there?
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I went to Grand Prix, New Jersey. I had a, I had a pretty good time. Uh, I went with my buddy, Paul, uh, and we, uh, Swooped in for the, uh, double-up event on Saturday, uh, morning, uh, mm-hmm. I went with the standard rug deck that, uh, Eric Virgo, uh, had, uh, had put me on a couple weeks ago, and, uh, uh, I went 2-2, two and two, but, uh, that really doesn't tell the story of, of, uh, how the, how the day went, honestly, um, give you a, a quick synopsis of the day, um, I won my first two rounds, lost my last two rounds, um, and, uh, I played against, uh, I, I opened against Mud. And it was a really hard fought, like very close, uh, uh, three games. But I was able yeah. to I was able to just tempo him out in the third game just enough to get there. Um, and then in round two, I played against uh, this this guy Tim Smith, who was on uh, who was on Show and Tell. And um, in the first game, I I rubbed him out. I I got rid of his land. I stifled a land. Uh, I put down a Nimble Mongoose, and I just started going to town. And I completely went shields down against this guy because I assumed he was on Grixis. Um, yeah. So I was like, "I've got time," you know. And uh, <laughs> and he uh, drops a ancient tomb and a lotus petal and another lotus petal and cast show and tell. Wow! And I did not come back from that.
1: But <laughs> well, you so, won the other two games.
0: Yes, I well, so that that game I lost. Uh, So the next game, I was a little bit more aware of what was going on, and um, it it was closer, but I was able to stop him from from, uh, casting show-and-tell, you know, as you do. And in the third game, uh, man, poor Tim, uh, it was, uh, I I put a Delver down on the first turn, and I literally just drew counterspell after counterspell after counterspell after counterspell. He could not cast any any show-and-tells against me. It was impossible. Uh, I think I had something like, Five counter spells in my in my hand at the end of the game, so it was like really crazy the amount of the amount of uh, no you can't you can't win I had against him in, in that game, and so Tim put me on this plan that if I uh, if I uh, win out and get my thousand points that I should buy a uh, I should buy a big uh, one of the big Magic cards. So I was like ah oh, that seems like a cool idea, <laughs> and so uh, so next round I play against. Uh, Chris Gray. Uh, Chris is, a, is a, a friend of a friend of the show, Dominic's, uh, and uh, so I got to play, play against uh, a guy who I just met for the first time who uh, we also didn't know each other, and he was on Pile, and uh, man, those were some really close games, and he uh, actually told me that he's not on Grimog Angler in his in his Pile because Jace is just such a pain in the butt that he stopped playing yeah. uh, playing it, and he's only playing True Names now.
1: Well, that'd be great if Rugg had a minus-one, minus-one effect.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah nothing, nothing like that in Rug. But, um, so, uh, g- game one, I got. Game two, he got. Game three was a race. It was me with a Delver, just keeping the Delver alive. And then he uh, eventually got down to True Nemesis, and I got down to True Nemesis. And then he eventually killed my Delver, and he got down to another True Nem- Nemesis. And it all came down to whether or not I could draw a lightning bolt on my next turn. And I drew, and it was not a lightning bolt. Or a cantrip to get me to a lightning bolt. And uh, and he ended up just getting me with the pure value of uh, 6 damage a turn to 3 damage a turn. Um, and it was it, it, it was a really, really tight match. Uh, in fact, uh, the the game that I won, uh, I had 5 cards in the graveyard, 2 nimble mongoose out, and a, and a delver. And um, I... Bolted him, dazed my unbolt, and then paid for the daze to go for lethal for twelve yeah. damage, which was uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty like slick little play. It was pretty fun, um, and then uh, so then in the final round, uh, I played against Burn. Ugh. Yeah, I just couldn't beat Burn, man. My deck <laughs> you just can't beat Burn. Well, you know what it is. I can beat Burn, but I need Tarmogoyf in my deck to beat Burn, and I had uh, Hooting Mandrils, and that's one of those places where like the Tarmogoyf to Hooting Mandrill, like, dichotomy kind of takes back over, which is why I'm glad I didn't get rid of all of my uh, Tarmogoyfs yet, because I might, you know, I might I might find times where the Tarmogoyfs are more important than the Hooting Mandrills. Um, also, uh, I didn't see any Fatal Pushes the entire day.
1: Well, I mean, Pyle pile plays a couple of them, right?
0: Yeah, he, he said he hasn't been playing them uh, main. Interesting. Yeah. I what was he like, doing no. instead? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, it was just snapcasters and bolts and uh, him to torax and <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, baleful strix. I, I uh, snared every single him to torax he cast against me.
1: I'm looking at a list now that has two fatal push, two erupt k three him to torax two lightning bolt so yeah. i guess your mileage may vary
0: yeah yeah it, i think uh there's a lot of training I mean, around with what what people want to want to play in that deck which is cool i like i like that there's a deck that's like analogous there's 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 a little play in there
1: yeah you can do a lot you know when you're playing four colors but uh i mean it's interesting i mean you could say people are just like overly next leveling with fatal push but uh when i was playing that fairies deck like I just destroyed every deck that didn't play Gromag Angler because I could kill all the other threats, you know? Yeah. Like, just having a pushable threat is still really bad Yeah. because the card exists, and it's, it's the same color as all the other good cards, so um, it's funny that you didn't see any. It, yeah. They're also sort of irrelevant, so they might have been boarded out. Well, no, yeah, play? yeah. And, uh, th- well, was... you also didn't play against... What'd you play? Mud, you said? Yeah, I played Mud. I show played and uh,
0: Show and Tell, and I played uh, Grixis and Burn, so obviously the only uh the only deck that would have played it was grixis um, Yeah. so uh oh a quick heads up with the with the burn matchup so in the second game i stupidly forgot to put in abrupt Decay, not abrupt decays, uh ancient grudges because he's going to obviously bring in his uh his um what's it called uh, his uh bridges his snaring uh, bridges oh yeah and i yeah. just didn't even think about it but um my opponent was relatively new to the deck and um, he went to uh, Searing Blaze, my Nibble Mongoose. and I was like, S- "You can't Searing Blaze it, you can't target it." And then he went to Searing Blood it, and I was like, "This is the same card for the most part." Uh, <laughs> and then he casts Ensnaring Bridge, and I was like, "Oh man, I've got a I've got a blue card and a Force Wheel on my hand, but I now because of the way my opponent played, I now know that like he's got two cards that are literally going to be damage. stuck in his hand." <laughs> They're just going to be stuck in his hand for the rest of the game. Like he's, I'm not going to yeah. play a Delver. He's not going to be able to cast him. Um, so I aired on the side of uh, of uh, the gamble, and I just decided to let it like hit the board. And I, it, it was a good call. I ended up beating him that game.
1: Man, I played against Burn with Rug the other day. It's just so miserable.
0: <laughs> you know, it's I, like you feel I like you should almost, be able to win, and you can't. I almost never have a problem against that deck, but this this particular time, I just uh, I just couldn't keep up and. Uh, and he got me, um, you know, I, I think, uh, if, if I had my way this particular tournament, I would have loved to have been on infect. Um, I feel like I would have, I, I feel like maybe I would have lost the game against show and tell though. Um, but I, oh, I, I don't know.
1: I, th- I would have say, I would say you're better against show and tell, like you're faster than them with counter spells and they, they
0: have to, well, it's the amount of pump that like, I'm not counter spell heavy in that deck. Um, you just have a lot of protection for your guys, and then you have like a, you know you have like two spell spell uh uh pierces and uh, along with your forces and oh. dazes. But um, you know after they get out like two soul lands, th- those cards are worthless.
1: Right. I'm trying to just think. Well, don't you get you also? I mean, I don't know which exactly is in your deck, but you also have like you know crop rotation for uh, Caracas. And... Yeah. Yeah, all sorts of fun things to do with. Uh, in fact,
0: yeah, and, and I, I mean I don't know, it's Fluster interesting. F- I, would, I would consider I that to a be a good matchup. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, no, I think I don't think it's a terrible matchup. But I think that was one where like uh, that third game, I literally needed every single card in my deck, and I and you don't get to tempo them out either. Like you can't like stifle wasteland out uh, the the show and tell deck, which is a really easy way to beat show and tell because they'll keep a land light hand to just try and go off. And if you Yeah, can, but you can
1: also just like win on turn two. Exactly. That's <laughs> so. also
0: true, yeah. Yeah. Um You so, put a bunch of minus one, minus one counters on their
1: emrakul they leave it back to block.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately that didn't that didn't pan out. So um yeah, so anyhow, uh Chris ended up uh, going 3 0 1, and I noticed that he had uh, a pretty decent amount of uh, of tickets and he was looking for a bayou. And Paul had a pretty decent amount of tickets because he went to zero and one, or two one and one, um, and I only had forty tickets. And I, I added up all those numbers, and that was a thousand tickets. So what I did is I uh, borrowed Paul's tickets and I uh, bought a bayou for Chris, and I got my big magic card. And your big magic card is. Waking Sun's Avatar. All right. Yeah. So what does I, that do? I, it's I have no idea. Uh, I forget. I forget off the top of my head. It's, it's a pretty <laughs> terrible mythic. It but sounds it is pretty a sweet. Gigantic like magic card, which is pretty cool. I, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, the rest of the tournament, I just spent like wandering around talking to people. I saw Dave McCoy. He flew in from Ecuador. Um, cool. You know, I, I I wandered around and just uh, you know saw people from the New York scene and and, and chatted people up. It was. I mean that's what you want to that that to me is like the best part of going to a grand prix is the hanging out. Um yeah. the magic is certainly certainly a good time, but the hanging out, meeting people, saying what's up. Like I I basically gained like I think uh three new friends uh just off of like that one tournament, you know, like Tim, Tim and I chatted after afterwards and then uh you know Chris and I uh chatted afterwards, and you know, like i said he knows Do- he knows Dominic, so it was like uh yeah it was a it was a nice like little like uh hangout and and it's always cool when you walk away and you like get to and you know a couple more people in the in the scene
1: Awakening suns avatar five white 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 creature dinosaur avatar, so for all you cavern on avatar. Oh, it kills
0: all the dinosaurs, right? Or all the yeah. non-dinosaurs?
1: When Wakening Sun's avatar enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, destroy all non-dinosaur creatures. It is a 7/7. Seven, seven.
0: That card is sweet. You just can't <laughs> I mean, show and tell it into play. Or what is, is it? Is there like I, a is,
1: Yeah, you can't you can't reanimate can't, it or you anything. You can't marvel
0: it. You can't. It's just a 7/7. <laughs> yeah. You marvel it? No, if you marvel it, Oh, no, because that's not from, casting it from, from your hand. hand. Right? This is this is like this is a funny thing about design that they, they've had to keep doing is they keep making more and more random broken things is that they have to figure out ways to stop those random broken things from uh, screwing up later cards so that like the later cards aren't as powerful.
1: Well, it's funny. So the uh, Burning Sun's Avatar, so I guess there's a Sun's Avatar for three colors, like colors of the Dinosaur Tribe. Oh, yeah does not require you to cast it from your hand to get three damage to target opponent and three damage to up to one target creature. So, you know, Grave Titan. Yeah. I mean, it's like a double Grave ti- or double, uh, rather, Inferno Titan. Inferno but, Titan, yeah. But, um, yeah. And then Verdant Sun's Avatar does not also, also does not require you to cast it from your hand to gain life whenever another creature, it or another creature, enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. So, yeah,
0: that card seems stupid.
1: <laughs> so you can actually green Sun Zenith for it if you have X equals 7, so an 8 mana green Sun Zenith. You can green Sun Zenith for ridden Sun's avatar and gain 5 life and get a 5-5. Five five. Uh, Brutal. Gishath. Sorry, I'm looking at all the Sun's avatar yeah, yeah. now. This basically, okay, so this one does not have Enter the Battlefield effect. Instead it has Trample, Vigilance, and Haste. So I guess it's it's Enter the Battlefield is that you dome them for seven. Yeah, you just um, smash <laughs> You have an untapped, uh, trampoly hasty creature. But when it does, you get to, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards in the top of your library, put any number of dinosaur creatures from them on the, onto the battlefield and the rest of the bottom of your library in random order. So if you hit, unfortunately, if you hit Awakening Sun's Avatar off of Gishath Sun's Avatar, you cannot destroy all non-dinosaur creatures
0: but you do have another seven seven in play so that's cool
1: <laughs> and that was yeah right yeah you get another seven seven and if you hit all the avatars you uh do three you, you do double three damage you gain 10 17 life and uh yeah <laughs> that
0: sounds and that was that like... was
1: av- that was dinosaurs and
0: legacy i mean that, it's that's that cool, time though. of year right it's it, you know magical christmas land is the thing <laughs> magical christmas land yeah um
1: well, that's cool. That's you know, <laughs> that sounds fun. And you've got this big
0: card. Yeah, know, the big, big card, card is cool. just cool. It's just like a piece of like it's it's a piece of Magic the Gathering lore. They've only created two of them, so I I have one of the two of those things in existence, which is kind of a neat thing too.
1: Well, when it gets broken in like the twenty thirty one blocks. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you'll always have that. Um, let's see. What did I do since we last spoke? Oh, I think I played. I think I played. Oh, I played blue red this the other day maybe two days ago okay and uh poop bloop we're at delver like i'm wandering the desert trying to find a deck for this 1k on the 30th and uh i'm no closer i i had the same 2022 dream crush that happened to you (laughs) where i played against huh i forget what my round one was i know round two was standstill he just like never had anything in play it was like an enlightened tutor standstill deck, um, and then I played against miracles, which is really tough. Uh, I do not. I didn't play sulfuric vortex. I think if I played sulfuric vortex, I might have had like a chance. But
0: it's tough because like that's a card you want to side in against that deck when it's popular, and that deck's not huge right now. So it's like hard to hard to make that like. There aren't a ton of control decks in the format, so it's hard to make yeah. that your your call. You know. Um. Yeah, so that happened, and then
1: I played against Checkpile in round four. In game one, I missed an attack with a Grim, La- like I tapped out um, to like do a bunch of stuff, and didn't an attack with my Grim Lava Mancer, and then he stabilized at one life. Oh! So, it was That's like the worst. worst. I was like, yeah, unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, I had to like, well, it's one of those things. Like, I had to like kill a Baleful Strix and see if he countered it. And play a Delver and see if he countered it, and then I think I might have just like gone upstairs with the Chain Lightning, and I was supposed to attack, and then like I just didn't. Oh, that's the um, worst. Yeah, so that sucked. I just can't remember now. I can't remember what I played in round one, which kind of sucks because I won. So nice <laughs> to it would be nice to remember. You always happened. you always remember your bitter losses. You never. Oh, it was Enchantress. Oh, it was Enchantress. Oh. That was what happened. Enchantress against a player who usually plays Elves. So. I kept a hand that was like I was like, Oh crap, it's elves, I'm you know, dead. Uh, I mean it's not elves isn't the worst, but you know, it's not the easiest either, yeah, for in this situation. It's like a straight up race. You basically have to like get a guy down and then if they have guys, like your you know, your wasteland plan isn't good. So he plays a windswept teeth, cracks it gets a basic forest, and then casts like verdant haven or something one of those one of those wild growths.
0: Yeah, of course. Um
1: I was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> so I looked at my hand and I had a spell snare. I got like a Delver, a spell snare, and a land. And I was like, well, I mean, I had other stuff. But I was like, uh, I guess I just have to like hold up spell snare because I just need to counter Enchantress on turn two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's exactly what happened. Like he, I played my land and passed. He like tapped his, his wild growth land to cast an Enchantress and I just like snap spell snared it. Yep. And that was like just enough, like, uh, slowing him down for me to, uh, on the next turn, have like Delver, and then like just go start going upstairs with bolts and stuff. Um, and then in game two, he actually had Leyline of Sanctity, but Whoa. Um, Whoa. he like Mulliganed. Well, he Mulliganed and then had Leyline of Sanctity, so he's already like down to five cards in his hand. It's like one of those situations. Yeah, and it's not. And I'm like, I'm like, like Leyline of Sanctity kind of sucks for me, but like, I had Neckling Truth in my deck if I could find it. And, um, I'd have, but my hand was also like, I might've had double Delver or something like some stupid creature hand that he yeah. couldn't really deal. With. So that was sort of fortunate on my, but, but yeah, it was funny. Uh, enchantress and then standstill. So I'm good against enchantments, ironically.
0: But, yeah. I mean, the way to, the way to beat that deck is to just counter their win conditions. Normally they only have like one or two in the deck.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's also, they're sort of at the mercy of their deck. Like. I just say like don't let him have an enchantress effect and uh he might have won a game. I actually think he did win a game because I I now remember like him I remember thinking like, please don't play a solitary confinement this turn and then it was like the first thing he did. I was like Yeah. Oh
0: god.
1: I might have just scooped. I was like, I don't think I could beat the solitary is, confinement.
0: What does the solitary confinement do against you?
1: It, it you can't you take no damage. The person with the solitary confinement doesn't take oh, any damage. Oh,
0: oh god, I was thinking uh Solemnity. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, solitary yeah. confinement is tough, um, yeah. but the nice thing is, uh, the nice thing about that is uh, that you can, you know, you can wait them out on that, because they have to start playing other stuff, as long as they don't have an enchantress effect in play, uh, you you should be okay.
1: Yeah, it was, it was not, that was not the case, <laughs> yeah, like... He either had like an enchantress's presence and then played that or something, but he was drawing cards, so I like knew that it was pretty over. I didn't scoop immediately, but I think he had like Sarah's Sanctum that was good for like nine mana and was really just at that point sort of waiting to uh, to win, and I had nothing to do <laughs> with my hand, um, but that was okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, the Grim Lava Mancer man. Uh, the, missing that Grim Lava Mancer attack has sort of sat with me for a couple days now, but you gotta you is. learn something yeah. new every day. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta learn you gotta learn from your mistakes. So this is probably gonna be our last podcast of the year. I don't think we're gonna I don't know if we'll have time to record next week in the yeah, midst probably of all the holidays. Not.
0: I know, I know I'll we'll be running around like a maniac next week, so So uh, yeah.
1: So should we wrap
0: up the year in legacy? We should. We should wrap up the year in legacy.
1: So, uh, so many insane plays. Does I think they call it the Moxies, and they actually solicit ideas. Um, we didn't do that, <laughs> but we're gonna we're just gonna rip off their idea and uh, and do some of the same categories that they do, which uh, which will be fun because they do it for Vintage, or we're gonna do it for Legacy. Um, and one of them is Card of the Year. So, and this is from one of the four sets that came out this year with new cards, which were Ether Revolt. Amonkhet, Hour Our Devastation, and Ixalan. So, Zach, what do you think is the card of the year?
0: Card of the year, um, for legacy. For
1: legacy, yeah.
0: You know, we're going to look back on this year and we're going to know, and we're going to know for sure, like in like two years, what the card of the year is. Uh, I think it's, it's tough. Um, I guess, I i mean, Fatal Push is what you want to say, right? Um, but I think it's going to end up being Search for Ascanta as time goes on. Yeah. Well, Fatal Push is pretty obvious. Like, yeah. I think that card has
1: done a lot. If you just look at what it's done in the format, which is, like we just talked about, pushing Tarmogoy f- to the fringes. And it's heavily incentivizing the Black Shell that can play both Push Poof creatures and the card Fatal Push, right? Yeah. Um, I think that is the clear leader, but yeah, search for his cancer. I've seen it more and I just, I mean, I just got ranched by it, by that miracles deck the other day. Just the worst, just the worst feeling, you know? I mean, it's a two mana, of the two mana enchantment that does nothing, but it is blue. So I almost wonder if that's going to end up being the most memorable card for this year. I know it's Jace. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not, it's not this year's Jace. Uh, other idea like a braid came out this year. A braid, um, that, yeah. That's been a, that's been a nice role player for a lot of play for a lot of decks in Legacy and Vintage. Um, and Walking Ballista, came out in Ether Revolt, which I'm sure will be uh, discussed on the Vintage cast, but um, has has been played in Legacy. food chain, it's a good. Walking Ballista deck. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I can't. I don't think there was much this year. Um I didn't put this in our show prep, but what about the the bust card that busted out the most this year based on hype? I have an answer for this. I don't know if you do. Based
0: on hype.
1: What card did you think from these four sets that you thought was gonna be better than it turned out being? Oh
0: man. Um I I don't know. You tell me yours and I'll see if I'll I'll see if I can come up with something.
1: I, I got to go with Charter Course. I was really high on Charter oh, yeah. Course, and I've played yeah, it in yeah. a lot of – I've tried it. The card is pretty good. I just – it's – it's the thing is it's not so much that it's bad. It's just that it's not just better than playing you, – you you're not playing it over the one-mana cantrips at all, really. like It's just like a nice-to-have, and by the time you put eight of those cards in your deck, you don't really necessarily need more cards. It just draw more cards. I thought that the discarding might fuel a couple things. Um, like some sort of like semi reanimator plan, like a backup reanimator plan in some decks. Yeah. I ordered a lot of cards from Hour of Devastation and Solemnity, like we've mentioned Solemnity, like that hasn't really gone anywhere. Mirage Mirror again, very little Mirage play. Meaning, yeah. um, I don't think anything else. Uh Bantu's Last Reckoning, you know, I said don't sleep on anything that can kill true name, nemesis, but that hasn't been necessary. So, um, yeah, I think those cards, uh, those are the cards I was thinking for, for bust out of the year, which just goes to show you, like, um, you never quite know. I think we talked, I don't know, we must have talked about Search for Azkanta in our Ixalan review, and uh, I, yeah, I don't were, think... we
0: weren't super high on it. We were like, this is a card that seems like it, it, it could see play. But, you know, at the time, like, Miracles was uh was kind Still of in, in the dump you know yeah. like people were like eh i don't know if i want to play miracles anymore cuz that was like right after the the top ban
1: right and i think that the other thing about that card that's interesting is that it's like it's sneaky in that it it, it i guess the thing is like it's it's a two it's a it does nothing when it comes down really you know Um, And then it flips. The thing is, it flips into something you can wasteland, which is something that I (laughs) I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, Like and I had like I had, for example, I had price of progress in my deck the other day and I was like, well, he's like got three colors and he's making this thing that flips into a non-basic land. And he has Caracas. Like I left my price of progress in and for games two and three. And I did actually win a game against Miracle. I won game two where price did like significant damage to him. Um, because he was, like, in a position where he had to fetch certain lands. Um, and then uh, in game three, I, I was, like, counting it in my head. I'm like, okay, he's got, this, he's got the uh, Azkanta flipped, um, and he's got a Tundra, but then his other seven lands are all basic, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. That's what, one of the things I thought would hold it back is, like, well, this thing, you work to flip it, and then they just wasteland it. <laughs> so wasteland can't be countered. So, yeah, know, it could be yeah. cycled.
0: You can stifle it, but but it is that deck I think you we're playing stifle. <laughs> but, you, but we're
1: seeing it. I, bet the point, I think the point is that we're seeing this card yeah. like in Legacy, um, in in a control deck, um, and that's a place where it can go. So, deck of the year, and I there were a lot of interest. Like, despite some of the complaints about the format, I thought there were some interesting developments in deck construction this year.
0: Yeah,
1: is there anything that you are specific, like specifically thought was you I mean, know.
0: I gotta hearken back to to Sam Ruckus's, uh undefeated day one. I mean, M- miracles bouncing back right that that soon after the ban it was very amazing to me. Um, you know, I, of course, uh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, Rug's hat into the ring uh, a little bit, but I mean, I, I think that I think it's very interesting to see that like those cards put together in in miracles uh, is still pretty powerful.
1: Yep, I'm gonna. I, I think miracles. The fact that it's ascended, and I think it is good. Um, it's been doing very well online. The question is whether or not it is going to be played in paper. There's going to be a lot of legacy coming up at the beginning of this year, and we'll see, right? We've yep. got uh, a team event, so there's going to be that. There's a Star City Open that's also a team at the end of j- January. I'll be there. Yep, you'll be there. Um, and then they think the first Legacy SCG is at the beginning of March. So we're going to get in the first quarter here, like some looks to see if people start bringing Miracles and Paper. We do have a player at our store who obviously I ran into and is very strong with the deck, and it's good. Uh, Checkpile, I thought, was interesting for this discussion because it is sort of the most 2017 deck.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: But the fact that it had such underperformances at the biggest tournaments of the year, I thought was interesting like in sort of saying like is this the deck of the year right
0: yeah it's tough because like that deck that deck is is you know it's the necropotence of of its day where like you always see that deck uh doing well but never closing you know yeah i Uh, I mean yeah it's
1: I, i don't know it's unquestionably strong and it's it's gonna be around i think for a while but uh I think that as a story, I think the miracles deck really—the uh, fact that miracles is still around—is yeah. interesting. And I wanted to also give a shout out to the the uh, Reed Duke bug deck that won the first—you know—I mean, the it was League right League after, deck, right? Yeah, but yeah. The the four four right four Noble Hierarch, four True Name, two Leopold right?
0: I mean, that was the deck that Checkpile became, right? Right. They were sort of, they were sort of developed in.
1: Uh, combination or par- par- in the parallel right and then you know reed's deck was so in- was interesting just for the fact that it won a like just came out and was like yeah you can just jam these the like ramp into these busted three drops and just like maraud your way through you know yeah hierarchs and
0: death shamans into into the, the the you know other eight three drops in your deck it seems seems yeah
1: great. um and I think it really started, really just showcased how important a card Leovold was going to be this year. And that it makes Checkpile a, a, a deck, really, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the re, you play green in Checkpile because of Leovold. You don't play it for something else, right? So, um, Grixis Delver has been the highest performing deck of the year. But it's pretty workmanlike. And... Uh,
0: yeah, we've seen I it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we've seen it. So, that brings us into Story of the Year.
0: Um, I'm what do you... Th- I mean I'm biased, right So uh Eric Virgo making uh both both top eights is is to me the story of the year and for uh, for us as a podcast, I think that was our story of the year for sure um, but that was super cool seeing him make both top eights in, in eternal weekend.
1: that's a good one i uh, I like that as an idea. Um, I was thinking more macro and I just I couldn't and I honestly did have trouble deciding what I actually thought the story of the year was between these two. One was Sense of Divining Top Band, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But the other one was sort of the takeoff of the team events. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard this news, but Star City is not running a single standalone standard open in the first half of next year. It's great. They're gonna make what they had as standard is gonna be team events, which means that there's gonna be legacy classics associated with them, so there will be more a legacy tournament on that Sunday. Um, and the fact that Wizards picked up on it and is doing those as grand Prix I mean that's a that's a big development for Legacy. It gives you that many more super competitive outlets. I think top being banned was sort of like shocking, but not that surprising. Yeah, no
0: one was no one was Especially, like, oh, I never saw that happening.
1: Right. So, but you know, I, I and the thing is like from an, from an Eternal Magic perspective though. Uh, you know eric's double top eight is something that may never be matched
0: yeah that's that's crazy
1: <laughs> at the at the championship and um you know just to mention uh another player who i think is is underrated as an eternal player but reed duke again wins the legacy grand prix and then wins the vintage super league so like we are seeing like people starting to uh, of all levels really specializing in consistency internal, is, is, uh,
0: is, is a is a big thing man and being and, you know it's it's funny because in in a situation with consistency the rich always get richer um, but <laughs> uh, but uh, you know Reed Duke is is easily the the John Finkel of, of his day right now the guy is just always putting up results uh, and, and he's a great sportsman too you know like yeah. playing against that guy is a pleasure.
1: Right. So, I mean, just like the idea that I think uh there are people playing Eternal at a high level and taking it seriously and and showing that you can do well in this in these formats and I think that's I think that's uh that's good for the that's good for Eternal as well.
0: And and if on top of that, he's sort of a household name, so when he does well in any event, it lifts that event up as well, which is which is yeah. nice. Um and so so seeing that and that's sort of the 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 thing that ties all that together with the team events is like yeah um anybody can uh any any player that wins a standard event we generally know their name because that's where a lot of the coverage is going to but when those players start winning modern and legacy and vintage events that's when it becomes a thing where people start paying attention to the, to those events as well which is uh yeah. it, which is why we have those team events now you know
1: well i think what's interesting about the team events is that you do see pros or grinders or whatever level you want to call it one of them's got to play legacy, right? Yep. And that means you're going to get to see some of these players who are known for other for you know pro tour success which requires a different sort of um to, for them to play different formats. One of them's going to play legacy at, at some of these tournaments and you're it's like what deck do they pick and uh you know how well how good do they play it and what have they done for it? I mean
0: Nate, what uh, have- just
1: more outlets for that is good, I think.
0: So when when they have something like that in in Utah, who do you play with? <laughs>
1: we do have team events in Utah. I have not played in one yet, though. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, and man, actually, I wish I, I wish I could get you out for one in a, in, in a, over in, when they have it in Philly because that would be so much fun. Yeah, I thought
1: about Philly, uh, but uh, I don't think I can make it. It's just too soon after the New yeah. Year. Oh yeah, um, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we've been running them. they have actually been very successful. The last one here had had 48 teams. So what's uh, 48 divided by three? Times three, right? It's 16 like, teams. It was 16 oh, okay. teams. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that people are really responding to. I think that that's. I think it's great. It's great. Really, it's great for legacy. Um. So just to just to have more people playing it. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. It's funny you mentioned that because I was like, well. You know, I'll probably play one of those at some point because they're running more of them. I think there's – someone that actually did a count of the stores in our in our area here from uh, southern Utah up into uh, Idaho and Wyoming. And I think there's like 48 stores, which is pretty amazing for this population size. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, a lot of them are doing – or a few of them have been trying to uh, get these team events going. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I gotta like think of a modern deck because I might get stuck playing modern yeah. one
0: times. So anyway. Well, I've got uh, so I've got you know me, Paul, and then our third is is uh, Harry, who who was another guy I grew up with. So it's like Team Basement Crew. But uh, yeah, right. in, in uh Philly, Harry, where where Harry's from, basically, um, he is wondering whether or not he should play because he's gonna go hang out with some friends. He's bringing some friends along, and I'm like, dude we get to play so few times a year like how fun would it be to have like bring back the basement crew and and you know like uh play you know play in a team event but you know he's he's still deciding on what he's going to do and it's probably going to end up as like Paul will try and play standard so that like our our other person will have access to like whatever modern deck they need cuz between him and I we have all the modern decks we need yeah and then I'll just play either infect or rug in, in uh in legacy
1: it's interesting what do you think playing on a team would impact your deck choice? Yeah, that's the thing. Certainly, like <laughs> you don't want to let your team down. Are you more uh, the, the question is Are you going to see would you see more brews in Legacy? That's the one thing about the team events that's interesting. I think because like you don't want to let your team down, so maybe you're more likely to play so, a good deck. I
0: think <laughs> not, like, I think it's uh, geographic, honestly. Like so, like on the East Coast, you're not going to have problems finding people who can play Legacy, right? But, yeah. like, you go to places where there's not as big a legacy scene, you might see more brews, right? Um, but here's here's the thing that I'm thinking. Like, so Paul is like, ah, I'll just play whatever you guys hand me. I'll play Burn in whatever format, you know, get, you know just hand me a deck, you know. And so we have so to be standard? in a situation where we're like, <laughs> we have to hope that a uh, legacy and a modern player play against us. And then their third is a weak standard player that's like their friend who also plays Legacy, you know? (laughs) Um, Right. So that's that's kind of what we're going for. But for me, it's like, I'm hoping I get the team that has a guy who's like, I'm playing a brew, I don't really play Legacy that often, and I'm like, okay, well, I know every, you know, for the most part, every interaction in the format, and I'm going to be able to get that guy and get him fast playing Infector or Delver, and then I can uh, help the other two guys on my team.
1: Well, what about like, let's say you're playing rug. First of all, by the way, I, if I were you, I would play infect. And the reason I would play infect is it's kind of got game against everything. You can close things out. Yeah. And if you are dealing with that team where someone gets handed a deck, the chances are that it's dredge or burn you just get that much higher. Yeah. And you, I don't know that you really want to play against those decks as rug. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you don't want to be playing against that a couple times. I'm trying to think like what other budget decks like reanimate like some of the budget reanimator decks. That's yeah. probably a little better for rug. But like,
0: no, I mean, um, I, I generally don't have problems with reanimator if I'm playing uh, if I'm playing uh, infect because I have sort of the same counter suite uh, yeah. for the early stuff at least.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting. Like you know, that's what I'm saying. Like does your deck choice get? Do you change your deck choice because of the fact that it's a team event or do you change your sideboard or do you, like, tilt your sideboard a certain way? I think that's that's an interesting question to be – as we see these team events roll out over the next year, I think it will be something very interesting to watch, you know, what it does in terms of evangelizing Legacy and getting more people to watch it and, uh, you know, getting more people to play it in other uh, – what it's available in other toys. There's going to be – there's also going to be a Legacy Pro Tour or, like, Legacy is going to be played on the Pro Tour, which is pretty amazing. yeah. You know, they. I really hope they have. You know, what they should do. They should have um, a, a three-way feed where you can watch whatever format you want.
0: Oh, that'd like, be cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, cause they're gonna have a feature match. Um, they should just really have all three of them. It's the Pro Tour. I mean, it's not like a Grand Prix, so they can set it up. But I hope they do that too, because it'd be nice to just see that. Um, see that happen. So. Anyway, what about predictions? Anything? And you want to stick your neck out there with some uh, predictions, nice, uh, hot for the takes? New
0: year. Um, well, yeah. So I think that so this year we're going back to Dominaria in uh, in in standard, right? Um, yes,
1: Dominaria will come out in
0: April, I think. I think we're gonna see something like a lot of really spicy stuff that will be able to be played in Legacy in Dominaria. Um, you think the setting
1: impacts legacy playability? I
0: think yes. I think that they're looking to uh, hook some of us older guys back into the standard format. And if they're going to do that properly, they can't just do it with story. They have to do it with mechanics. So I think we might see like, you know, a three-mana balance. Uh, or like... <laughs> imagine. or imagine. Yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll put three-mana balance out there as a thing, right? Three mana um, balance. Got it. Everyone everyone write that down. Three, man Three of man balance. Balance. Kind of, uh, Funny. You know, I think I think we're gonna see things that will impact legacy uh, a little bit. So I, I'm hoping that uh we see something like that or like, you know, uh a return man, how cool would it be to see like a return to the old archetypes like Ernum Geddon versus White Weenie versus like black you know, black aggro, like Suicide yeah. Black. You know, like I, I would love to see that sort of stuff hit standard but for legacy i think we're gonna see um i think we're gonna see a couple of really spicy one drops and also i think one of the one of the like four new uh um abilities is going to affect legacy
1: those are good that's a good prediction and the, one of the things that i would be apt to say well i don't think the setting impacts playability at all But I will say that they went back to Zendikar and Innistrad, which are both very important legacy blocks. And both of those blocks were not well received, not just by legacy players, but by people who had just been playing standard for that long. And I think that with Dominaria, 25th anniversary, they're going to want to make sure that they deliver on what the... Promise is if that makes sense.
0: I mean, look, man. When you think Dominara, you think Garfield helping out with the development, so I've got a lot of trust uh, throwing in that way.
1: Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's not. I mean, yeah. Last set he was on was, I think, Estrad. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I mean, I've met the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I going to give a lame prediction. I think Deathrite Shaman is going to be banned. Okay. Um, I just think it's. I think that they are going. One of the, maybe one of the downsides of increased uh, presence for the for legacy is that um, you're going to get to see it on it camera. More. There are yeah. going to be a lot right.
0: of Deathrite Shaman mirrors.
1: Now I'm going to say that, but I'm going to say again. So currently on MTG Goldfish uh, format staples, Deathrite Shaman appears in. Uh 36.63% of decks. Snapcaster mage appears in 32.23% of decks. So you are almost as likely to see a Snapcaster Mage in your opponent's deck as you are to see a death right. And my point that I think that's where Modern was when they banned Death Right. Yeah. Basically Snapcaster versus Death Right, and they picked a winner, they picked Snapcaster, and then they ended up, you know, really Snapcaster is still good in modern, but they like got rid of the best Snapcaster deck. That was like the next thing they did, yeah. <laughs> you know, see, you, see a splinter twin. So I don't know that I think that, I just think that the the it's too loud and it's like people are so uh, it's it's become like top now where it's just sort of like basically just sort of I mean, I, I feel like it's going to happen. I think I, I'm i wondering if it'll happen. The only thing I'm wondering is if it happens before the pro
0: tour. Um. And, I'm, and, I'm and when is the Pro Tour, Nate? Is that in January it, or, April, or sorry, is it in July?
1: Pro Tour twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, anniversary. it is oh August third, fifth August. August. Yeah, so actually that makes I thought it was in April, so I guess I misread that. So yes, uh,
0: that emboldens your prediction. Be, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, my my the point being there will be the there'll be a team tournament right off the bat, and then there will be a Legacy Grand Prix in April and i think if it's too death rate i think that would the card taken though i don't think that it is the the reason so the, the sole reason for any sort of homogeneity um, mostly because of the check pile sort of underperformance um, relative to grixis delver i think grixis delver and I, I think grixis delver will be interesting to see what that that can continue without death Right, like what 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 you do there right there's not a re- a replacement one drop for it
0: you just play nimble mongoose man i'm not in grixis no i guess not in grixis but um i it. think maybe you play uh oh,
1: one but there's drops. your question but that sort of backs off to your point what if they print another black one black one drop like a i don't know some sort of jackal pup improvement like would that be enough like to a carnophage <laughs> <laughs> i mean it had to be better than that right yeah. but like um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I just think I just think it's too loud at this point and I'm almost just resigned to it, even though I don't think it's correct. Um, but in terms of like a positive prediction, I'm uh, looking forward to corsets coming back.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I just think it lets them print utilitarian cards and utility and legacy is very good. Or often something you're like, boy, wouldn't it be great if there's just like a like a braid, right? Wouldn't it be great if there's a thing that both killed a creature and an artifact? Oh yeah. Look,
0: great. <laughs> look at um, yeah. What about like? I mean, what what reprints are we looking for that haven't been reprinted? Right, like all the master sets have pretty have done a pretty good job about reprinting things, and I can't think of anything in Legacy specifically that we need to have reprinted that's not on the reserve list. Right.
1: Well, need versus uh, are going to get. We are going to get the Rashad Import reprint for sure. Yeah. Oh man, last... in,
0: in, in a in a core set that would be amazing.
1: Well, no, but there's two Masters sets next year, too, I think. Um, I think there's, like, another Eternal Masters scheduled, and there's the Masters 25, and uh, they didn't put Rashad and Port in Iconic Masters, so I think that's coming back, too. Um, That would have been a bolder prediction. I think your prediction was so bold, and I was so late, I feel kind of (laughs) stupid. (laughs) 3 mana balance 3 mana balance I mean... (laughs) But that's still super busted, though, right? Oh, it's like, it's
0: ridiculous. Honestly, like <laughs> if if that happens, somebody somebody, you know what? Just hire me to do to do design for now on because that's at least I know. No, because
1: you'll print two. You'll print three mana of balance.
0: I'll print one man of balance. Get out of here.
1: There is a one man of balance. This is zero mana balance. Just take six turns.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's a that's a wrap on twenty
0: seventeen. Yep. That's Thank it. you to it's... everybody
1: who stuck with us this year. We really appreciate it.
0: We hope that uh, all of your all, that Santa visits you in magical Christmas land, or uh, you know, and you get uh, you get every every play you wanted.
1: Right. Yes. <laughs> and also, I hope you get nice cards because when you get when you get cards for Christmas, it feels good, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's nothing cooler than opening cards from people that you that don't play your hobby that actually had been listening to you griping the entire year about what you, what you need to pick up <laughs> you know
1: what's well, you know what there was a uh, there was a um like a post on reddit was like the gift guide for non-magic players who are buying magic want to buy something for their magic player and i read it and i was like man this if you read it from this perspective like it makes the, it makes our community sound so cool like <laughs> here's how you, you go support your local business and here's how you buy sleeves and here's how you buy all this stuff if you want to get that and i'm like yeah, that that it actually sounds like a hobby that uh, you 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 want to tell people about. Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the super secret tech on on uh, your end is is that uh, you know I I uh, once uh, picked up a freelance job with your wife, so she has my phone number, so she generally just calls me and asks me what yeah, she what me. you're missing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't wait to find out what you told her this year. if She actually asked. So. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm not going to divulge any of that information, whether or not it happened or not. But that's <laughs> you know, uh, if if you it, you know, f- friends of of the show, it, it, tell your tell your friends, uh, girlfriends, wives, you know, uh, boyfriends, what what have you, you know, like tell them, hey, you know, you can always ask. Other people that they play with, and that's a really great way to make sure that uh, people get what they actually want for Christmas, uh, because there's there's no no one that knows a magic player like someone who plays against that magic player what they need because they're always griping about the end of the round.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? It's too bad we didn't think of to say that uh, on the last podcast because tomorrow December twenty second. But anyway,
0: yeah, <laughs> Just have a good night. Go Happy, go Happy holidays, local. everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs> more stuff? can you see any more stuff. It's ever good. Keep it up with the Joneses. stuff, stop. stop. I need more stuff. can you see any more stuff. It's ever good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?